Hi guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, this is the podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast again on YouTube. You can look at When the Scriptures Become Real and watch the video portion there. You can also find us anywhere you can get your podcast. And so we'd love for you guys to subscribe. Um, and you can also uh, continue to find us on Facebook, on Instagram. If you guys have any questions or podcast topics that you would like discuss or just to talk about certain things you can find me there and we can interact there so we appreciate you guys and we're thankful that you guys are here once again um, so we can grow in our faith so today's is actually kind of a replacement for monday since i'll be at a preacher's meeting so i'm going to record this one a little bit earlier all right and so i really didn't know what i was going to do today um but this one uh, kind of came into my mind after last night. We had a summer series, and uh, Brother Tim Glasshoff, a, a student from the School of Preaching, a uh, graduate from the School of Preaching in 2014, I believe, uh, he did an excellent job in, in teaching this, but I kind of want to revamp it a little bit. So, and this was, to me, this was very hard to do today. Very hard to do because uh, it, it's difficult to uh, answer this question but I think you'll you'll understand where we're coming from as we talk about what we're going to talk about today. So our, our topic for today is, how will I get my answer? How will I get my answer? And again, like I said, guys, this was hard. <laughs> I mean, to this day, this was hard. And, and, you know, maybe right now, right now, this very second as you're listening, right now what you're trying to do is you're trying to figure out God's answer to a problem or a question in your life right now. Maybe right now, maybe you just don't know how to handle a certain situation that you find yourself in. Maybe right now, you don't even know what you what you need to do right now in the situation. Maybe you know what you need to do, but you don't know how to do it. So if you're in any of these situations that we talked about just now, this podcast is just for you today. So the question becomes, if I'm in any of those situations, how is God going to give me my answer? And what do I do until I know what to do? Right. This is very, this is good. And so, I mean, and this hit me personally yesterday. And again, like I mentioned, Brother Glassoff came and spoke but as I'm kind of driving to the church building yesterday, I'm in my car and I'm wondering about some things uh, and when like a definite answer was going to come on it. And I was a little bit confused on how I would know about that definite answer. Uh, but until he preached on it last night, I'm sitting in the back and I'm just like, all right, God, I got it. I got it. Right. It makes sense. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to look at three ways of how the answer is not going to come, but how it will come. Okay. So notice this. So here's point number one. So how will I get my answer? Number one, my answer is not going to come in the absence of trouble, but my answer will come in the presence of God. So I want you to think about this. Go to Philippians chapter two or no Philippians chapter uh, chapter three, make sure I have the right text. Uh, yes. Philipp no, no. Chapter, chapter four, Philippians chapter four. All right. And again, if you're new to the podcast, you know, uh, turn along with us, uh, so that we can study and learn and grow together. 
All right, so remember we're talking about how do I get my answer. So my answer is not going to come in the absence of trouble, but my answer is going to come in the presence of God. So again, think about the situation that you find yourself in right now. And think about how you don't know what to do in the situation. So now you have to ask yourself this question. So in the situation that you're in, how many times have you and I, how many times have we asked God to remove the trouble so then I can do what you want me to do? How many times have you literally asked God to remove certain things in your situation? Then you can start doing what he wants you to do. How many times? I'm guilty of it. How many times have you asked him to remove it? Then you can do it. Well, wait a second. So maybe that's not what my answer is going to come from. So in order to understand my answer, I have to understand two things. I have to understand more about God, but I also have to understand more about his peace. So we need to define two things. We need to define it. So look at this. Look at Philippians chapter 4, and let's look at verses 4 through 7. So the text says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto men that the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we have to understand two things. We have to understand what is worldly peace and what is the peace of God. So notice what the text says in verse 7. It says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. So we need to define what man's peace is and what God's peace is. Worldly or man's peace, that can only be obtained by the complete absence of a certain trouble. So we have this mindset in our minds that I cannot obtain peace unless this certain part of my problem completely stops. So if I have a disease, I can't completely serve the Lord until this is completely gone. If I'm going through this certain problem, I can't do it unless it's completely gone. So think about, think about all the things that are going on in our world. You have murder. You have racism. You have unjust, unjust, uh, unjust laws. You have unholy living. So world peace, right? Man's world peace is we can't really have it until all of that stuff either stops completely or all that stuff minimizes completely. But because sin is in this world, right? According all the way back to what happened in Genesis, this stuff will always be here. This stuff will always be here. So it's not going to be completely decimated because all of this stuff is sin. But notice what the text says in verse 7. It says, and the peace of God. So there's a difference. What's the peace of God do that the peace of man can't do? See, the peace of God understands this. In the presence of your trouble, in the presence of your trouble, God is still close. That's what that's what God's peace is. Because notice what the text says in verse five. After we can rejoice in whatever situation we find ourselves in, watch verse five. Let your moderation be known unto all men that the Lord is at hand. So the Lord is always close. 
you know, there was this example of a of a father and a father had this had this little girl and they were in they were in a room playing hide and seek together. And obviously, when you play hide and seek, the lights go off. So as she's in there, she's running around and then the lights go off Then she's screaming for her dad. And so her dad looks around and finds her. And the first thing that her dad finds her, she calms down. So but think about it for a second. Has the situation changed? It's still dark. But why is that little girl comforted now? Because she knows that her dad is close. So now that she understands that her dad is close by, that, yeah, I understand it's still dark, but I have dad here. So notice what what Paul is telling us. Paul is telling us in our suffering, what if your situation is not supposed to change? Now, it could, but what if it's not supposed to? So guess what you guess how we can rejoice. I can rejoice and I can still have the peace of God even in a troubled situation. Why? Because I understand verse five that the Lord is still close. That's the peace of God. Notice what it says in verse seven. That the peace of God and that type of peace passes all understanding. So but notice at the end of the verse which keeps your hearts and it keeps your minds. So how are you going to have the peace of God in a terrible situation? Through Jesus Christ. So your answer is not going to come in the complete absence of your trouble. Your answer is going to come when you and I put ourselves in the presence of God. So notice, how are we going to put more How are we going to put ourselves in the presence of God today? So if this peace of God, which passes all understanding, and that's found through Jesus Christ, if I want that, then wait a second. So how do I know more about Jesus? What do I have to be in more? I have to be in his word. So Brother Glasshoff last night, he mentioned that the Lord has to be so close to us that we know him like we literally know our, our mother and our father, like we know our spouse, like we know our, our, our brothers and sisters. She, he has to be that close to where he, you have that personal relationship with him. So maybe the situation that you're in, maybe it's actually not supposed to change. Now, I'm not going to speak for God. Maybe God is going to change your situation. I don't know. But let's say he doesn't. Let's say he's not going to until a certain point. So maybe until that point, what are we supposed to do? Maybe, maybe this, maybe instead of having your situation change, maybe what God is trying to do, maybe God is trying to change you in an unchangeable situation so that he can be glorified. You ever think about that? Maybe God is literally trying to change who you are in an unchangeable situation so that he can be glorified through you. So maybe you're in a situation where you're the only Christian. Maybe he's trying to be glorified through you in that situation. Maybe you're the only faithful Christian in your home. Maybe your family isn't faithful. Maybe you're the only one trying to do right. Maybe God is trying to change you 
so that he can be glorified through you. But how can he do that if the whole time I'm asking him to change my situation? See, remember in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he says, so we're the salt of the earth. So notice we're on the earth and we're salt. So guess what's not going to change on this earth? Sin is going to be here. Now, can we fight it? Yes, we're supposed to. But notice that's not going to that's not going to leave because that's always going to be here. Satan is the little G God of this world. But notice as salt that is in the presence of sin, he says, ye are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost his savor, so if salt doesn't want to do what it's supposed to do, where shall it be salted? So, so many times, and myself included, we want God to change the situation rather than us changing in the situation to glorify God more. And guess what that really is if you really sit there and think about it? That's some that's 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 pretty prideful. God, I'm not going to do really what you want me to do 100 percent until my situation changes. That's prideful. But notice this. Look at first Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four. And uh, I want you to look at look at verse 14 and watch what Peter writes here talking about God being glorified in, in situations that aren't going to change. So they have persecution here. But watch what, what what Peter wrote. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. And on their part, he is evil spoken of. But watch this. But on your part, he's glorified. So maybe God is not changing your situation. And it's possible that your answer could be that God wants you to change rather than the situation around you so that he could be glorified through you. So the question becomes, because I'm complaining too much about it, am I missing an opportunity that God has right in front of me to change? You see, you got to look at things different. So number one, maybe my answer is not going to come in the, in the, well, my answer is not going to come in the absence of trouble. But it is going to come when I put myself in the presence of God, and that's through study. Then I'll have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Two, my answer is not going to come by me talking, but my answer is going to come by me listening. So think about, again, think about the situations that you're in and that you've been in, but specifically the one that you're in now. How many people have you talked to about the situation? I I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I guarantee that even among Christian people, you have at least three different solutions of what you're supposed to do. No wonder we're walking around here so confused on what we're supposed to be doing. So notice our answer is not going to come from just constantly talking to everybody about it. Well, I talked to my coworkers about it. I talked to my best friend about it. I talked to this person at the church about it. I talked to my family about it. So then after that, now I have four solutions to the problem. So notice this. So does God want us to talk to him? Absolutely. Amen. 
you know, first Peter five, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Matthew chapter seven, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Matthew seven. But notice. This is not the only part of communication. Communication is so important to God, but also it's going to be important to other people around you. So <clears throat> what communication does, communication is just not one part. So you can't do all the talking to God and not sit down and do any listening. Why do you think so many problems happen between us today? Because somebody always wants to do all the talking, but no one really wants to sit down and do any listening. So no wonder you have so many people just sitting there wondering what's going on because no one wants to do anything. But watch this. Communication with God and communication with other people, it cannot be one-sided. It can't. And so we can't expect that, well, because I've been talking to God about this situation for how many years, then I can't expect him to answer because I've been faithfully talking to him. He's not going to answer your question. I'll just let you know that now. If you just sit there and just pray, and then one one day you just think it's just going to show up, it's not going to happen that way. God's going to give you his answer through the word. So not only do I have to talk to him constantly, 1 Peter 5, Matthew 7, not only do I have to do that constantly, but after I get done talking, I got to be quiet and I got to open up the word of God and let him talk back. So notice this. <clears throat> the answer is only going to come through his word and not what you and I think about it. So look at, look at John chapter one, John chapter one. And again, we, we quote this all the time, but I just want you to read this and see it. So in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So John describes Jesus as the word. So when you talk to God, then who are you letting talk back to you? You have to let God talk back to you through the word of God, guys. You have to let him talk. So your answer is not going to come just by you constantly praying about it. You can cry. You can pray and cry. You can do all this stuff. But your answer is not going to come through your tears. Your answer is not going to come through just how passionate you pray about it. Your answer is going to come after you passionately pray and after you passionately study. That's where your answer is going to come. And I found myself in this situation, too. You pray about things constantly. You you. You ask for certain things and then you just expect because you've prayed to God about it in a passionate way that one day it's just going to happen by osmosis. It's not going to happen that way. So notice this. We have to understand this about communication with God. This is the, the a big thing here when we talk about communication. And this works with God and this works with other people around us. And we're going to look at two examples. In order to communicate the correct way with God and other people, we have to do two things perfectly. Number one, we have to be humble enough to ask for help and ask the right questions. But then number two, we have to be humble enough 
to receive the answer, even if we don't like it. So here's a here's a secular example. The other day I was I don't know if it was a show. It might have been a show or a movie, whatever it was, it was on. And uh, this young man had a question to an older man. And this young man was asking this older man, hey, so I'm interested in this person. And the older man said, well, that's great. So you need to start communicating with this person. Okay, great. So he starts, you know, bringing her to the coffee shop, you know, taking her out, doing this, doing that. Great. But then as time passes, they, the older man or the younger man and the, and the girl start sitting together in the coffee shop and the girl starts looking at another guy. And it's kind of, it's very, very subtle. And so it's kind of like a smile here, a smirk here, a touch on the shoulder here, a laugh here, looking down when he, when she sees him there. So he doesn't, the young guy doesn't see this, but the older guy sees this. I mean, just as bright as anything. And so then the young guy comes up and he tells the older guy, so how do you think things are going? He said, I think things are, things are going great. And so the, the older gentleman tells, um, tells the young guy you're about the loser he said what are you talking about he said look i promise you're about the loser and sure enough she walks in with him the other day the next day so there was no communication see the young guy he was humble enough to ask the older man the right questions but he wasn't humble enough to get the answer then the young guy got mad see now spiritually it's the same way. You might ask God for certain things, but what happens if the things that you're asking for, you don't get it or you don't get it in the fashion that you want to get it? I, I know we looked at this before, but I just can't get this out of my mind. This was just, it's just been on my mind lately. But in second Corinthians chapter 12 with Paul, remember Paul asked God to remove that thorn in the flesh three times. You think Paul was passionate in those prayers? You think Paul had some tears in those prayers? Do you think Paul was persistent and and sincere in those prayers to remove whatever thorn was bothering him? Absolutely. But God said no, no, no. All three times. So Paul was humble in asking God to remove it. But notice, Paul was humble enough to receive God's answer. So when when he got the answer, Paul said, I understand now, verse 10. He said, I take pleasure in infirmities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And so with us, my answer is not going to come just by me talking about it or praying about it or crying about it. or uh, no, It's not going to come that way. My answer is going to come when I really talk to God. But my answer is also going to come when I let him talk back to me. So no wonder so many of us are walking around here trying to find answers to stuff, but we're not comparing it to, to God's word. What does God want me to do about it? Why, does, why do we not ask that? Have you really thought, why do we not say that anymore? What does God want me to do? So this person comes into my life. Am I comparing this person to the word of God or am I letting my friends and everyone else compare them? If this job presents itself, am I comparing it to, am I going to miss services? Am I going to stop serving God? Am I basing it off the Bible or am I basing it off of what my family thinks is good 
where I'm looking at retirement. I'm looking at how much I get paid, how much I get paid. I'm looking at benefits. No wonder we're so confused because we're looking at the wrong stuff. Whatever happens in your life, a job, a person, money, opportunity, no matter what it is, whenever it presents itself, compare that thing to whatever God says. Why can't we do that anymore? Because I think we're looking for our answers in the wrong place. Then number three, my answer is not going to come by me only thinking about me. So when we, when we think about the situations that we find ourselves in, and myself included, sometimes we can be very selfish. We can be very selfish because most times when you think about it, you, you want something for yourself. But my answer might not come. You know, actually, let, let's rephrase that. My answer actually might come by me not looking so much at me but by me serving and comforting other people until I get my answer. So if you look at this, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and look at verses uh, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. So did you know that your answer to your to your issue literally might be for you to comfort somebody else while you're still going through it? That's crazy, right? So maybe the Lord doesn't want to remove it, but maybe while he's finishing up with you and while you're still in it, he wants you to help somebody else that just got in it. So then if you've been in a situation for so long and someone else is just getting in it, but you're on the way out, guess what you can do to that person? You can help them get through it because you're going through it. So Paul says we comfort those that are comforted when God comforts us. But the question becomes, how can we really see that if I'm constantly concerned about myself? How can I really see that type of opportunity if I'm constantly looking at myself? See, your answer is not going to come just by you thinking about yourself. Your answer is going to come by you comforting other people. I can't tell you how many times, uh, you know, someone has needed help. And, well, there were, there were times where, where I felt like I needed help, but then someone called or something happened and someone else needed the help way more than I did. It humbled you. It was like, oh, well, wait, maybe my problem is really not that big. But maybe I need to be out here serving and helping other people with their problems. And maybe that's where your answer comes from. Maybe your answer comes from actually comforting somebody else. So the question that we talked about today, how will I get my answer? My answer is not going to come in the presence or in the, in the absence of trouble. 
but my answer is going to come in the presence of God. My answer is not going to come just by me talking about it and crying over it. My answer is going to come by talking to God, but also by listening to what he says in his word. Then my answer is not going to come just by me only thinking about myself. So now let's, let's look at this last thing really quick. So go back to Philippians chapter four. And as we walk backwards through this text, notice what we can do. So let's say you start this today and let's say you start doing what the Lord wants you to do and you try to communicate better. But even when you communicate, you get the answer that you don't want. Let's say that you try to have the peace of God, but things just don't happen. Let's say you, you talk to God and you listen, but then you just don't like these answers that you're getting. Let's say you're going through all of this. So now what, what is my attitude? Notice what Paul says here in verse, five, in verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The last ingredient of this, in order to get my answer, I can be in a state of rejoicing, no matter what state I find myself in. That's hard. (laughs) It's tough. It's tough. But notice Paul says, when you get your answer, you understand then when I'm weak, then I'm strong. How will I get my answer? I hope this guys was able to, I hope this was able to help you. This was, um, I mean, this is still extremely challenging to me today. I mean, it's, it's gotta be for you too. I mean, so, and especially the hardest part is receiving an answer that you don't want to, that you didn't want to receive. That's still very difficult, even, even today. But I mean, you just gotta, you gotta adjust. You have to change your mindset. You can't let that stop you from working. You just gotta keep you just got to keep doing what the Lord wants you to do, even in even in certain disappointments. And so it's it's all about humility and it's all about doing what God wants you to do. And I hope that this was able to help you guys. Um, and again, I'll, I'll put this up today and this will kind of be the replacement for Monday since I'll be I'll be away. Um, but hopefully, Lord willing, we'll be back either uh, on Tuesday next week or sometime on Thursday and we'll get back on track. So I thank you guys so much uh, again. If you guys, uh, you know, want to talk about Bible things or anything, look me up on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me there and we can continue to study and we can continue to grow and increase our faith. Thanks, guys.